0: How amazing is it that we are exactly where we're meant to be? Each and every one of us. It's a beautiful thing. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Beyond Coincidence. My name is Taylor. I will be your guide throughout this journey, as always, joined by my co host, Chris. Grateful to have this opportunity to come together so we can join forces and really amplify our collective message of global healing through love, gratitude, but most importantly, acceptance without exception. Now today is a big day for us here at Beyond Coincidence. We are beyond blessed and extremely grateful to welcome on another special featured guest, Deanne Portia. Thank you so much for joining us today, Deanne. Let me ask you, how are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling great. (laughs) I'm feeling honored that uh, you found me and that we're doing this interview today. I love the energy that you're bringing to it and the intention that you're setting for the whole episode, so thank you for that.
0: Well, the gratitude and respect is certainly mutual. As I mentioned offline, we truly admire and look up to you more than you know. You have really given back so much to the community Honestly, you have positively impacted more lives than you even realize. So again, thank you so much for joining us. A real life angel in your own right. Just beyond blessed and nothing but grateful. So let me kind of flip the script. I usually ask this question at the very end. Really passion questions, right? I'll skip micro because you're obviously fulfilling your life's purpose each and every day. But zoom out. Macro. There are almost 8 billion people on one rock more interconnected than ever before, not by chance. We could have just as easily been born into 8 billion separate planets all side by side without any awareness, any knowledge of our neighbor, without the need for language for that matter. But that's not the case. Almost 8 billion on one rock more interconnected than ever before. Therefore, the meaning of life is to love one another. The purpose of life is to figure that out. So macro, zoom out. If you could change one thing about our interconnected global society today, what would that one thing be? And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have a laundry list of areas of improvement for our global society at every level.
1: (laughs) That's a big question, Taylor, and I love it. (laughs) It's not one thing, I think that What I would like to teach, and I try to do this in my work, is to teach mutual respect, compassion, understanding, you know, and I do that from the individual that I hope will be teaching their partners, their families, and then their societies and communities and working from the smallest, you know, part up to the global part and that's what i see my job is and to not try to make everyone the same but to really you know honor the rich cultural diversities that we all have and to teach individuals how to step into their own unique talents and gifts for self-empowerment and to use those unique uh, talents to be of service for others and the highest good of all concerned and i you know again that's what you're doing with this program, so kudos to you.
0: (laughs) Not here by chance, like I said before. (laughs) Beyond grateful that you and I cross paths, and the universe works in mysterious ways, and however we can help you, again, a mutually beneficial arrangement. At the end of the day, i like to say, if we can help one person a day, that's a job well done. That one person is me, that one person is Chris, so be it, but (laughs) we are just so motivated and driven, truly leading with love, fueled by passion, maintaining our pure intentions, we can do no wrong. So we are truly so motivated to give back to the community. You mentioned appreciating and celebrating our unique individualism and our differences. And I respect that, but I've got to play the other side We really are here to push unity through community and differences on a subconscious level through irrelevant joy-killing comparison labels that are simply outdated definitions, preconceived notions established by our ancestors. Life is way more fluid than we are led to believe. So again, unity through community versus divisive labeling and divisions. And it could be with pure intention, right? No negative malice, these differences that we celebrate. So I don't wanna take away from the beauty of our individualism, right? Each and every individual, each and every human truly created in his image. We're not here to debate beliefs either, Mm -hmm. but we are perfect just the way we are. If we can slow down, simplify life, get back to the basics and really appreciate each and every moment, we can truly tap into our infinite potential and create something beautiful out of nothing. So that being said, my point is labels limit growth and so many motivational speakers today get so caught up in celebrating differences. And on the surface level, skin tone, your origin, your birthplace, your religion, your political affiliation, none of this stuff matters. We are all one. We are all interconnected. We are more similar than different. So I really want to focus, again, not to be repetitive, on unity through community because When we give energy to labels, they simply divide, at least on a subconscious level.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And in my work, which deals a lot with the mind and the body, and you know, people ask, Do you are you a therapist? you know, and I'm I have a master's in spiritual psychology, which acknowledges first that each one of us is a spiritual being having our own unique human experience on earth. And we each come into this world with unique talents and gifts that we you know, have the opportunity to develop in ourselves and not to shy away from. Unity through community, I completely get. And at the same time, we have very rich cultural Uh, you know, differences that are wonderful to celebrate.
2: I love that. Totally agree with that. I I was thinking, you know, you see a shift, I see a shift. The whole world has seen a shift since this virus, and all the emotions seemingly of almost every individual are brought to the surface just because of the chaos that's going on externally. Mm. What kind of shift do I you, Taylor, and other people have that, have that level, that compassion, that feeling of, "Ah, I want to give back and I want to be of service. Why is that so important right now? Why is that important right now?
1: Why is it important to not think about oneself all the time and to think about the know the collective and the whole i'm i mean this i'm really appreciative of this kind of global pause that we've been forced into because it quieted down so much of the the noise and people have been forced to stay inside to go inside themselves to reflect On what's really important to me, you know, what are the relationships that are really important to me? What does quality of life mean? How have I been spending my time in the past that has been causing more stress than, than peace and fulfillment in my life? You know, and how is that affecting, has that affected my uh, physical health in the past?
2: You know, we just recently watched Heal again, because you, you're on the show. And why not another good chance to watch it because you're on the show. So talk a little bit about how you incorporated your own practices, how you were involved with HEAL and what it's meant to you today, a year and a half after the project, I believe that's yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it actually came out in 2017, something like that. And then it came out on Netflix worldwide, uh, maybe a year after that, something like that. As I was saying before we started that the whole thing I felt was so divinely orchestrated mm-hmm. because when I was working with my client, um, you know, she didn't know, we didn't know if she was going to be surviving stage four colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. So not knowing what was gonna happen, she allowed the our sessions to be documented. So I had a camera going the whole time. And when she got the all clear, mm-hmm you know it was decided that well we need to do something important with this footage and so i had this idea of you know coming up with a documentary called messengers of hope that was about her story of healing you know colorectal cancer and then another project chronicles of hope because there are other modalities and things that she did to help her you know i'm not a filmmaker never made any films don't have a background in that I think back in 2012, I had actually met Adam Schomer, who was the co-producer of Heal, and when he was screening his own film, Road to Dharma at the Topanga Film Festival, and I remembered him, you know, as a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker, and I thought, oh, okay, well, what I need to do is meet more documentary filmmakers who can teach me how to make a film. <laughs> and so, you know, I wrote a treatment and was re- going out to, I, got, I think I got some books, you know, filmmaking for dummies or something. What does a producer do? I have no idea. Anyway, just in trying to reach out to film students, you know, no money to make something, but any way that I could get some help with this. Ultimately, that project, you know, my project had to be put on hold because my own personal life was going through an upset. You know, I ended a relationship, had to move my house and business, so it got shelved for a year. Jump forward a year later I get a phone call from one of the people I had networked with that said, hey, these you know, documentary filmmakers are making a film and I think you guys should come together. Well, that happened to have been Adam Schomer. And he said, you know, we're looking for uh, someone that's going through cancer to follow their story. And it's like, wow, I already had so much of original footage that he never would have gotten, you know, from the beginning. So it was completely divinely orchestrated. You know, it's like, put the energy out there. And set the intention to do something positive and give back or help in whatever ways that you can. And that energy gets matched. You know, it's like that law of attraction. When I talk about the law of attraction, it's not just about wishing for something, but it's about having a vision and taking action steps. You know, you have to put it in motion. And then that energy snowballs and you know, stuff starts happening. You start living in that, that realm of inspiration where things just kind of show up magically.
0: Certainly beyond coincidence, right? Yeah. I like to say that <laughs> life is truly a beautiful series of synchronicities, more than just whimsical serendipity or chance. Life is a beautiful series Of synchronicities only visible to those open to receive so I love
1: that absolutely yeah and that's and that's it's so important also for people to understand that these synchronicities and answers to your visions are showing up all the time in one's life you just have to pay attention You know, things will show up to help you take that next step. If your eyes are open, if you're living consciously. So I'm always reminding my clients, you know, say yes to the opportunities that show up at your doorstep, even if it's not exactly the vision that you have, because that step that's showing up on your doorstep could lead to the next thing that is moving you forward in, in your ultimate vision.
0: You know, life is funny. I like to say the universe works in mysterious ways. And growing up, we can all outline how we envision or hope our life will play out. And we can continue to revise that over the years and even establish a cool looking five-year, 10-year plan. But all three of us know, life never goes according to plan. It's never a perfect <laughs> straight line. So I think this year, more than ever, we are all being forced into a situation where we realize adaptability is everything, right? You have to adapt to survive.
1: Spiritually speaking, our human experience is not designed to go as planned. I mean, if we're here to if we look at ourselves as spiritual beings having our own unique human experience on earth our purpose is here to fulfill our soul's journey and to step into our our higher purpose i guess finding one's higher purpose is one of the one of the goals that we have during our human experience is discovering that and the keys to finding what your higher purpose is, I believe is identifying what are your unique talents and skills, you know, what are you good at, what is your unique voice, and stepping into that totally, that's the responsibility that we each have, you know, for the gift of our human experience on this planet.
0: So beautifully stated. I could not have said it better myself. Again, just so grateful for your wisdom, your spiritual insights, just grateful to be on the same wavelength as you and speak the same language. It's a beautiful thing, truly beyond coincidence. So I love how you really promote that the universe is working for us, not against us. And it all starts in the mind. Yeah. If we can just, I like to say, step out of our mind for a moment, observe the observer from a distance, no opinion, removing judgment, simply accepting all as interesting. The most powerful word you can use is interesting. (laughs) Nothing more, nothing less, simply interesting. Again, observe the observer from a distance. Mm -hmm. No opinion, removing judgment, accepting all as interesting. Life will flow a little bit easier and stars will begin to align every day. But... This year, when forced to go inside, we are truly forced to look inward, yeah. right? Get honest with a man or woman in the mirror. And so many people are lost right now. Mm-hmm. So many people are searching for their purpose. And it's crazy to see. You would think that collectively we would simplify life. We would get back to the basics. You mentioned it earlier, or at least alluded to it, that you live your life focused on quality over quantity. But even being forced inside, I know so many people who are stressing more now than ever. They're allowing all their screens in their homes to further distract them from their sole purpose. So how can we help our listeners slow down, even when a global pandemic will not slow down their negative patterns or comfort zone distraction behavior, right? How can we help our listeners, simply stated, improve their quality of life and experience a greater peace of mind?
1: So, what I'm finding with the people that I'm working with is that always Um, fear is the biggest hindrance the biggest barrier to you know being able to look inside and, and check in and see how things feel and there's so much fear that's going on you know first it's you know the coronavirus and now there's all these fires you know I have people that are in the midst of fires and evacuating and and all of that and these are real things you know it's not to diminish there or pretend that they're not there but when we're living in all of that fear our whole nervous system our mind our heart everything is tight And closed off and we don't have the capacity to even you know see or open up to the possibilities that are that are present so to help people you know get past that fear I I encourage them to get outdoors you know get away from your computers and your technology and if you're living in an urban environment Go outside, walk around the block. You know, I'm blessed to live in a rural environment. So every day I get to hike in the mountains and I do my yoga and prayers and meditation. And it's great. Not everyone can do that. However, I think everyone does have the opportunity to stay you know step outside look at the sky look at the clouds look at the trees look at nature in you know either the smallest form or the largest form even if it's a little ant that's crawling on the ground it's like what's his world about you know (laughs) I'm always looking to nature to give me guidance through its metaphors and to be my teacher my healer my inspiration for personal growth when I work with my clients um, individually when they used to be able to see me in person we sit outside I've never kept an office in town we sit outside and we look at nature you know when I do workshops and retreats it's always at destinations where we spend a lot of time time outside and we are being active we're moving that stuck energy in the body that stagnant energy by walking by cycling horseback riding something and and doing the inner work the inner healing work and and also looking at what's showing up in nature in our silence and and what what are the metaphors that are showing up
0: I love that perspective and again really appreciate your positive mindset that you maintain at every level in every situation in every area of life our ultimate goal here at beyond coincidence is to again improve quality of life by providing a greater peace of mind but ultimately helping our interconnected global society raise Our state of conscious awareness to take back control of what we can control, better regulate our emotions, to create our own reality, really our own personal heaven on earth. But our ultimate goal to getting there, you touched on it, shifting from living in a state of fear, walking on eggshells, right? Looking over your shoulder, peering around every corner, expecting the unexpected. Yes, it's great to be prepared, but don't even put that energy out there. So really our ultimate goal is to, as Chris mentioned, serve the community as stewards to move us forward, not only onward, upward to really shift from living in a state of fear to living in a state of love. It's that simple. And today we're not here to talk about a process or a journey. That's all great for the motivational speakers on a surface level, right? But trusting a process and relying on some type of irrational, fictional journey. Listen, a process and a journey is a procrastinator's best friend. There's always an excuse when you need one. So I'm really a proponent of the power of now. Flip the switch, now. When we focus on the positive, honestly, so many of us underestimate the power of positivity. We as humans only have so much energy to allocate across each and every 24-hour clip. Therefore, that which we give energy to will certainly manifest, multiply, amplify, and spread. When we focus on the positive, when we focus on the light, that darkness, will slowly dissipate and you will forget about all of the negativity that may be surrounding us in this chaos wildfire. I truly believe that we can create our own heaven on earth. And it all starts with the individual. It all starts with changing your mindset. Again, repeated thoughts, transforming beliefs. Then we speak our beliefs into existence ultimately acting it out and influencing others in a positive or negative way. So if we can be mindful of thought, take back control, better regulate our emotions, it's a two-way street, thoughts and emotions. We can, again, create, project, hallucinate our own personal heaven on earth. One of our common denominator themes here at Beyond Coincidence, really a foundational pillar are the beautiful connections between the spiritual world and the scientific community. And again, it's not a straight line, it's not a perfect perpendicular T. There are so many interconnections overlap, but it's a beautiful thing to at least notice, study, share, learn about the interconnectedness between Again, the spiritual realm and the world of science. So let's kind of, I want to guide the conversation in that direction. Obviously, that's really what heal is all about. I know that's what a lot of your practice is about, self-healing, and we are way more powerful than we are led to believe with all the structure and order in place. Again, the interconnectedness between the spiritual world in the scientific community and kind of your current personal state of the union across these topics.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Taylor. Um, I am so grateful for the, you know, developments that have come forward in science, you know, in the last 10 years, and particularly in the last uh, two years with Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's been doing just amazing, amazing work with, you know, heart, brain coherence and, and every, all the studies that he has done. And also, you know, Bruce Lipton, who i met 20 years ago when i was just starting on in, in this whole field and uh, you know i'm like wow what he's talking about you know the power of belief and you know epigenetics it was like oh this is so exciting and this is also you know all about my work so my the work that i do is based and grounded in all of these new sciences, psychoneuroimmunology, epigenetics, heart-brain coherence, all of this stuff. And I do work with a lot of people that, you know, have trouble accessing that trust, have trouble accessing, you know, being positive, right? They've Or filled with anxiety. So, you know, I work with a lot of people that are facing a cancer diagnosis, autoimmune disorders, or other life challenges and stressors, you going to divorce or the death of a loved one. It all comes down to the same core stuff in the healing process, which affects us on a cellular level. So that's where the science comes in, right? So how we're holding the thoughts and beliefs in our body is either causing a stress response in the body and the release of the stress hormones, or a love, gratitude, and appreciation response in the body, the growth hormone, which is supporting immune function, the production of T cells, which are the natural killer cells in the body that keep our cancer cells in check, or the production of immunoglobulin A, IGA, which is the immune function's primary defense against um, viruses and bacteria. So all of this fits into how I work holistically with my clients, especially those that have experienced past traumas you know there's a lot of that especially with people that are you know get a cancer challenge so what i want to emphasize is that you can't do what's called the spiritual bypass and think that you know positive affirmations and positive self talk is going to make everything all all better and life's going to be beautiful because what i've learned in the 20 years i've been doing this work is that if there's a really loud Inner saboteur voice that resides in the subconscious that doesn't believe that that has a you know an old tape that's running that's saying. I'm not lovable enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, then there's no amount of positive affirmations or positive self-talk that's going to override that. So you have to gain the inner cooperation first at the heart and the soul and the subconscious level, then anchor that new experiential information in the conscious mind through you know anchoring techniques such as neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, or other techniques that I use. So... Yeah, <laughs> the science is so is so important. I'm so you know I'm so grateful for the recent publications and studies that are that are out now, and it validates so much that a lot of spiritualists have understood in their practice and working with people for so many years, and now we've got the science to back it up, which is so awesome.
2: I have a question, and piggybacking off the science of it you talk about a lot of uh, different exercises and uh, techniques that you utilize. We were kind of tapping in on your or into your retreats and some of the retreats mm-hmm. that you hold. And mm-hmm. you talk about some of the practices and exercises that you use on some of your clients' I mean, could you just talk about one or two that's just maybe a little bit different that I haven't heard of, or that's just out there? I <laughs> just talked a little bit about maybe some of your exercises in your retreats. Sure. For a second,
1: yeah, sure. sure. So in the in the documentary, heal documentary, I think the the notable scene for a lot of people that get in touch with me is the sacred anger work, and I don't know if there's too many people that are doing that out there. The sacred anger work is the scene in the movie where my client's throwing rocks on the hillside, right? And so that is about moving that low vibration, stuck energy in the body that's eating you up inside, right? And it's not the only way to do sacred anger work. There's a lot of different ways you can, you know, through physical exercise and intention, My practice when I was going through divorce and then years later when the love of my life died, um, you know, unexpectedly, I went through, you know, my own sacred anger process work and how I kind of came up with this method was through mountain biking. So every day I would like mountain bike up the hill and physically exerting myself and I could feel this darkness that was residing in the center of my body at the solar plexus, right? This hole of goop. It was grief, it was anger, it was just yucky. And I knew that if I allowed it to stay in my body and it would be eating me up inside and intuitively I knew I had to move it out of my body and my method at that time was mountain biking. So every day I'd be pumping up the hill letting the emotions come out whether it was crying cursing getting angry at god whatever it needed to come out i let that come out and what i experienced viscerally was a emptying out of that darkness and and more and more of that happened and i began to feel a lightness the lifting of that heavy darkness that had been there and the day came when i was done you know grieving over the loss of a marriage or the loss of a loved one. And I realized I had this new freed up space inside my body. And I knew I had the opportunity to fill it with something positive. And what that was, then I continued, you know, my daily routine, cycling up the hill. And now I am looking at the sky, the birds, the things that are showing up in nature and the beauty that surrounds me, right? And that is what I was filling my heart with filling that empty space with, and it is such a powerful, moving meditation, so healing. That's why I do the work outdoors. That's why I don't keep an office, you know, why I have all my retreats outdoors in nature because I know the powerful healing energy of nature is such a wonderful facilitator, and I discovered it, you know, 20 years ago in my own process. Throwing rocks is a way that it was easiest for me with, you know, working with my clients personally. Some other things that I do, communication skills are really foundational to all of the work. So, you know, when I talk about the work that I do, I'll describe it as holistic stress reduction, right? Right. And uh, everyone can relate to stress. I minimize the kind of spiritual aspects, although all of it's spiritual in nature, and I know that, but I don't want to turn anyone off, you know. They might think, oh, is it religious? you know? It's like, no, there's no conflict with whatever your religious beliefs are. it's just Acknowledging that we're each a spiritual being, having our own unique human experience on earth, whatever your relationship is to God, to spirit, some higher force or power in the universe, you interchange those names, you know, whether it was words, whatever works for you. But the communication skills is so important to reducing mental, emotional stress to supporting immune function and to creating and maintaining loving and successful relationships that I devote entire workshops and retreats to that. So I've got, you know, commitment to love, two and three day workshops that I do, life in balance, holistic wellness retreats that are longer retreats at beautiful destinations in nature. And each one of those we're learning new skills, new life skills that are never taught in school, rare, never taught in, in traditional therapy settings because it's not part of their curriculum, and rarely taught by parents because they didn't learn it from their parents, you know. So it wasn't until I did my master's course in spiritual psychology, the first day of school they said, we're going to be teaching you new skills in heart-centered communication. And I thought, wow. That sounds really great. What does that mean? And why did all the years of therapy, you know, both when I was married and single, not teach me that? You know, why was it not taught? And the reason is it's not in their curriculum. So traditional approaches focus on cognitive behavioral approaches. Too often they want to attach labels to that, you know, and then way too often they want to prescribe drugs for it. You know, to remedy what they perceive as some, you know, imbalance or a behavior or disorder that uh, it's not attractive. I don't do any of that. <laughs> so if people are willing, this is the operative word willingness, right, to show up for themselves, have the courage to go in that uncharted territory that they haven't been to before, which means looking at that shadow side inside. Looking also at those past hurts and traumas and disappointments that are still residing in the inside that are wreaking, wreaking havoc with their emotions, wreaking havoc in their relationships, whether they're personal or professional, right? Too often, you know, people come to me after they get a serious di- diagnosis, like a cancer diagnosis, and that's like the biggest wake up call of all. But the communication skills part is essential to, um, you know, it's foundational to all of the healing work. I have developed, you know, a couple of tools that I use to help teach people these skills. One is called the nine traps of unconscious loving. And the nine traps of unconscious loving are really the nine traps of miscommunications that people unknowingly fall into without realizing it right and it's just a learned behavior that they learn from early childhood to give you an example trap number one is expecting the other person to be a mind reader does that resonate with anyone <laughs> yeah so if we don't take responsibility for being a clear complete honest communicator and in a fashion that can be received by the other person so they don't go on the defensive, then our expectations of them are going to fall short. We're going to to be left feeling hurt, disappointed, maybe angry. That hurt and disappointment leaves a little black mark in the heart, another little black mark in the mind, and over time, those black marks accumulate. And pretty soon that once happy couple or family situation is like miserable. You know, maybe you call the relationship quits, you pack your bags and you leave. Well, eventually you'll find another relationship to enter into. You go through that honeymoon phase where everything is rosy and as soon as you get comfortable, what happens is that suitcase comes out with all those black marks and now the patterns are repeating over again, this time with a new person, a new situation, but the the patterns that have never been resolved or healed are still present. That's one of the tools that I teach in learning these new heart and soul centered communication skills.
0: I love that. And again, I love how in tune you are with the mind, body, soul, inner connectivity and really respect your openness. We are all inclusive here at Beyond Coincidence and really our motto is acceptance is peace. So I love and respect what you had mentioned There is no perfect ritual or treatment or remedy. Whatever works for you, works for you. As long as you take those actionable baby steps to improve your quality of life, to improve your state of health, you can self-heal. And you can positively impact others in beautiful ways as you have done yourself. So again, we respect everything that you are doing, everything that you've done throughout your career. You are so really inspiring and you motivate me. So let me ask you, you talk a lot about relationships. Why do so many of us walk around with our ego mask and lack just basic compassion for one another or even taking it to that next level of, practicing empathy for their loved ones, for their significant other, family members, friends, or even neighbors. Why is there such a lack of compassion in our ego-driven instant gratification society?
1: Yeah, so the underlying cause of all of it is fear, right? You've got fear and then you've got love. And when there's fear that's operating, you know, the surface emotion that that comes forward when we get triggered is usually anger. If we can look beyond the anger um, to what's underneath it, there's usually some sort of fear that's there. So if we can address what our real fears are, and I remember, you know, asking a relationship, uh, you know, what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid. You know, it's like it's almost it's like a challenge to be. Uh, strong or tough, but that's not what I'm talking about, right? So it's fear is it's getting closer to that vulnerability, right? So underneath the fear, if you go a little bit deeper, there's usually some sort of hurt or sadness or disappointment, right? Now you're getting to the more vulnerable emotions. And Uh, That kind of leads me to another tool that I use in teaching these new skills in heart-centered communication, which is the seven steps for clarity and peaceful conflict resolution, right? So this is a beautiful seven-step process. People that are analytical will like it because it's a step-by-step process. It's not woo-woo. It's very practical. And it teaches you how to, when you get triggered, or when there's just an upset that you're feeling with yourself, how to identify each of the emotions that are coming up for you. How to then uh, define what each of those emotions mean to you personally, because everyone has their own relationship to the emotion that comes up and their own association with it. And then moving through those lower vibration emotions into the more middle ground of acceptance, Understanding, willingness to actually look at the other person's perspective. So when we get triggered and that freeze, fight or flight mechanism is is triggered, you know the first place we go is defensiveness, anger, right? So moving through those energies into to understanding and because our mind gets flooded with a lot of different emotions and thoughts, you can't make sense of it. So following this step by step process allows you to methodically Identify what all those emotions are, define them, move through willingness to look at the other person's perspective, openness to actually look for other possible solutions or remedies, because there's always more than one solution. It's just when we're triggered, all we see is tunnel vision. We see right, wrong, and what we want you know, so we can open up to other possibilities, and then always ending in step number seven, which is the gratitude, right, always coming back to the love, always that, and it's so powerful, and I use it all the time with myself when I want to get clarity on uh, something, you know, something that's coming up in myself, if I want to, you know, kind of share an upset with my partner, and I want to do it in a loving way and not in a way that I know is going to, you know, trigger defensiveness, then I'll take the time to have a process with myself first and then present it and share it. And the more you practice this with yourself, the more it becomes second nature in conversation and when you get triggered, right? And uh, in those moments when you can feel the adrenaline coursing through your veins, just Take three deep breaths, you know, exhale, center yourself in yourself, and then come back to, oh, yeah, I've got this tool that I can use. Let me try it out.
0: (laughs) I love that. That really resonates with us here at Beyond Coincidence, what we call the ABCs, Align, (laughs) Balance, Center. Real simple. Just be present, focus on breath. Better yet, don't focus on anything. Just appreciate each and every breath. Inhale, that positive energy. Inhale, love. Hold it in your lungs. Feel that blood rush throughout your veins. Your mind expand. Serotonin happy, released, right? Melatonin, sleepy or relaxed. Natural chemical reaction to force you, to usher you into the present moment. It's a beautiful thing when we can truly simplify life, get back to the basics and appreciate the little things. I mean, come on. The fact that we are even here, the fact that even one cell in our body exists is a beautiful miracle within itself. Truly a scientific anomaly against all mathematical probability. We are not here by chance. And when we can truly appreciate each and every passing moment and fully accept it as a blessing without exception and surrender to the ultimate unknown of death. You keep mentioning that we live in a state of fear often on a subconscious mindless level. Yeah. Fear is a natural Human state of being. It's a natural human defense mechanism, but it's fear is natural based on death. It's that simple. It's that simple. Sounds morbid, but when we can remove emotion from currency, right? We all have bills to pay. When we can remove fear from death, surrender to the ultimate unknown, life starts to flow a little bit easier. And you truly can. Step into the now and create a beautiful reality. Manifest your dreams and ultimately live in your own personal heaven on earth. That being said, a couple questions I have for you as it relates to self-improvement, self-healing. You know, we hear all the time about trauma, and it's a fine line. It could be a slippery slope. I like to say, don't ever look back. Zero rear view. Why break your neck, right? The past is not real because we all have different memories, recollections, and regurgitations of the exact same event, and then we sleep, and then we wake, and then we sleep, and then we wake, and our memory becomes that much more skewed over time based on self-bias, self-preservation, Or on the flip side, you can play the victim role. But that being said, the past is not real. Tomorrow's never promised. All we have is now. So I want to talk about how do you help your clients, your loved ones, your family, your friends, your neighbors, how do you help others maintain balance as it relates to glancing back because yes, we do have to glance at yesterday to understand how we are where we are today to improve our quality of life for tomorrow. But how do you help others at least notice and maintain balance as it relates to healing past trauma versus getting stuck in the muck, drowning in the past and perpetuating those negative cycles, essentially manifesting what you don't even want. How can you help our listeners at least? How can you help one person out there today compartmentalize these different aspects of self-healing on a spiritual psychological and physical level
1: yeah thank you for that taylor a couple things i want to say uh first is about fear because fear does serve some purpose uh if we were to jump foolhardy into every impulse uh, without fear without a little bit of fear and a little bit of doubt then we could get us into a lot of trouble. So fear can inform us many times. It's when fear becomes crippling and paralyzing that it interferes with our ability to move forward in our life, right? When past trauma becomes crippling or creates so many blocks and barriers to the health, the loving relationships that you want to create, um, and the success in your life, then it needs to be addressed right so and it needs to be healed and again you can't do the spiritual bypass and think that you can talk yourself out of it or use positive affirmations. so i never wallow in the past but we do need to address it and heal it at those deeper levels of the heart the soul the subconscious not the intellectual understanding of how it got there and because that's also the place that all of our survival mechanisms our coping strategies originated right those defense mechanisms and they've served us very well during a certain period of time during our development in the maturation process at some point you know we get to the point that we realize oh you know this this kind of way i've been living my life that maybe uh have a lot of ego involved in it or a lot of you know trying to control situations a lot um maybe it's not really serving me because i'm not really having the success in my relationships that i want i'm not having the success in my career that i want i'm you know i'm having arguments with my family all the time i mean Something so I'm, I'm missing something here. So these survival mechanism and coping strategies aren't really serving me anymore. And of course, if there's physical illness that manifests because of this suppressed mental and emotional upset and trauma that may be residing inside, um, you know, then it's affecting one's health. And of course, the cancer diagnosis is the biggest wake up call to that. So how I address that, my whole, you know, integrated program is broken down into four areas of focus. It's uh, aiming, healing, anchoring, and then communication skills. So in the aiming portion of the work, we're really identifying where in the body one is holding on to that suppressed mental and emotional upset or trauma and there's a technique that i use in doing and getting that information that's very effective it's called somatic dialogue and it's similar to a hypnosis but different it's a closed-eye process that i guide my clients through where we actually Access those deeper levels, the heart, the soul, the subconscious. Dialogue with those parts of the body that are holding on to physical tension, stress. And 95% of the time, what comes up is stuff from early childhood. So when that information surfaces, then we can move into a healing portion of the work. And that work can include inner child healing work, looking at that inner saboteur voice that resides in the subconscious level, transforming that voice into an inner ally to support one's goals for health, for wellness, for relationship, for success, doing the sacred anger work releasing, moving that low vibration, stuck energy in the body. And forgiveness, right? Forgiveness. And it's not so much the, you know, the forgiveness of others that we feel have wronged us, but the self-forgiveness. It is the most important because it's the most damaging when we're holding on to self-judgment, right? Then once a bit of that healing work has been done on the experiential level, right? Right? not in the intellectual level but down at deeper levels of the heart the soul the subconscious then we can now anchor that new experiential awareness in the conscious mind through the grounding techniques such as neuro-linguistic programming creative expression other things that i do and then again of course the the foundation of all of this work again is the learning the new life skills in heart and soul-centered communication
0: wow, you are so well-versed and have so much knowledge and so many insights in so many different areas of healing. I just, again, it blows my mind. We certainly respect and admire all that you do. Let me ask you, is there a particular topic or subject matter that either we haven't touched on or that you would like to do a deep, dive into?
1: I think I'd like to just share, I mean, 2020 was an upset in everyone's lives. And I, I had, you know, so many wonderful workshops and retreats that were scheduled that all had to be canceled. You know, I'm doing a, a sim, like a, an abbreviated two-day workshop in Aspen at the end of this month that I still have a couple spaces for. It's gonna be a very small group, outdoors in nature, totally uh, during daylight hours. So we're not gonna be indoors at all doing this inner work in nature. So that's something I'd like to kind of plug and put out there. Although by the time this gets on the air, it'll, that will be over. But I'll be next year in 2021, it'll be a full seven-day workshop called, uh, let me see, Life in Balance Holistic Wellness Workshop in Aspen. I'm also doing uh, two-day workshops uh, in person, small group again in Topanga, California in October. Uh, This year and then next year there'll be both of these offerings in a lot of other places and destinations. I'm putting together a I've had a lot of um, therapists and wellness professionals contact me asking me to uh, teach them what I do you know, because I have a very unique holistic approach. And so I'm putting together Porsche's wish wellness uh, method program that will be offered both online and then experiential workshops um, for professionals and wellness professionals. That's all in the works. (laughs) Love
0: that. Love that. I don't know how you find time to really (laughs) do all that you do. You wear a lot of hats and honestly you are, a master in so many different areas. Now, you mentioned the WISH program or the WISH foundation. I know that stands for Whole Integrated Self-Health. And I love that. I love your YouTube channel that you promote as well. And you also have an email newsletter for those who are looking to learn more. So definitely recommend that. And obviously, we will continue to plug you uh, throughout this podcast, and you know, even after this recording, again, we'll continue to co market, continue to collaborate. It's not a one and done thing. Let me ask you a, a question that comes to mind mm-hmm. truly, a real life angel. Have you always been so in tune with the energetics of life? Have you always been so in tune with um. spiritual healing, or was there one? aha moment for you, where you can look back, pinpoint in your life or a series of events that truly shifted your state of being, opened your eyes, the veil dropped, your mind activated, chakras aligned, some will say. Was there one particular aha moment that you can pinpoint to your own personal awakening or enlightenment
1: well you know it's it's all a journey right so there were many things that that got me on this path right so 20 years ago i wasn't on this path i was married i had a different lifestyle i reinvented myself after divorce you know and decided to take a healing path so i guess what really underscored the spiritual perspective for me because I, during the process of divorce, I started reading uh, the spiritual books, you know, and trying to find higher purpose and meaning in my life when this, you know, 16 year marriage was on the rocks and trying to figure out how can I make this work? What was I doing wrong? You know, Uh And I did a, a, well, a couple things. I'll share a couple of things. I did a workshop up at Esalen Institute in Big Sur. And I was trying to get my then husband to come with me called New Beginnings. And I, I was trying to save the marriage, right? And make it work. Well, he didn't come with me. I went on my own. It turned out to be a new beginning for myself. One thing that was impacting for me at that time, I was receiving therapeutic touch at the same time that I was doing this workshop and the inner work. And it was the first time in my life that I had experienced um, emotional release through receiving, you know, loving touch in a massage and out again in nature, outdoors, beautiful environment. And before that, I had kind of, you know, my... Uh, protection mechanisms or survival strategies in life was to be tough, be strong, to try and control situations so that I could feel safe and secure in the world right uh, It was effective for a while, but then it wasn 't <laughs> and I held in a lot and held in a lot of emotions and i it you know during all the challenges during my marriage, I never cried. I was tough, you know, and it wasn 't until someone tapped into that stored emotion in in my physical muscle tissue that the floodgates opened and so that was my first eye opener to the mind-body connection right so that was the first thing that happened and then of course you know I started spending a lot of time in Big Sur and nature I met a Native American man who became a teacher of mine and taught me about the Native American kind of method of energy work and, and then I also, and I decided to become a massage therapist because it was so impactful for me. And then learning about that and cranial sacral work and getting, learning how to read, learning how to read the physical body through different forms of touch, different modalities and energy work, right? So all these, I was developing all of these skills and tools in my toolbox years ago. And then I discovered, you know, as divine guidance would have it, uh, another missing link in the puzzle, which was this master's course in spiritual psychology. And I had gone to actually to a friend to get some career guidance. And when I went to meet him at his office, it happened to be next to where this master's course was being offered. And it was like, oh, I've never even heard of that spiritual psychology, but it resonated. So without even knowing what it was, I signed up for it. Didn't know what I was really signing up for, but I just intuited that I needed to learn this. It was another piece of the puzzle for my my reinventing myself. And so, you know, I went through that program, went on to get, you know, a diplomat of mind body medicine, kept developing all of these tools. And interestingly, I remember they t- telling us when I was doing this spiritual psychology course that... They said that oftentimes when you start doing this work, that more challenges actually come to you. And I didn't quite know what that meant, but I experienced it because for five years in a row, I was having major, you know, life challenges. So there was like, my mother had a stroke, then uh, she died. I had to file bankruptcy because of the divorce I was going through. Let me see. My stepfather died. What was the fifth? Oh. And then the biggest one of all, the love of my life, the new love of the life that I had been with for five years died on our fifth anniversary, suddenly, while we were camping in the desert. And it was that experience that really deepened my understanding of the soul and the soul's journey. So I'd been, you know, opening up to this, this work, you know professionally and personally. And at the same time, this biggest teacher of all came in the form of, of his death. I'll, I'll explain it, I'll share a little bit more of how that happened. It's a pretty impactful story. So we were camping in the desert in a beautiful place in Death Valley. It was a place that we would go with our group of friends for every summer solstice. And it's also the place that we came together as a couple and every summer solstice we were there it was celebrating our anniversary and on our fifth anniversary out there is when he died and he had been he had gone on a hike with his twin brother and another guy up to these upper springs and we were going to spend the evening there and he was coming back and he said look at me you know let's get back to camp quicker i'm not even perspiring let's pick up the pace Well, no one recognized in that moment that he had already had had entered like advanced stage of heat exhaustion and heat stroke right and he didn't exhibit any of the earlier signs such as slurring of speech or dizziness or vomiting uh he was like this outdoorsman and used to Uh, bodybuilder would challenge his body against nature all the time so he probably was powering through it not paying attention so when he came back to where I was uh, you know back at camp and we were in the shade and and we talked for a little bit and fooled around a little bit took a nap I'm awakened suddenly by what I thought was his snoring And I shook his arm and I said, honey, wake up. You're snoring, but he didn't respond. I sat up and looked. His eyes were a blank stare. His mouth was open. These guttural noises were coming out of him. I screamed for help. We were there with a group of friends. We had two doctors there with us. One was a surgeon intern. Another one was a dentist. They started the CPR on him immediately. I eventually took over with the uh, the breath and the and they alternated on chest compressions, and we worked on him for an hour. Someone was able to radio for help. The nearest help came from a helicopter that came from Las Vegas, an hour away. When they arrived, they cleared us away. Um, you know, looked at him. They knew upon their arrival that he had already. Expired, but they put on a show for us, I guess, you know, this band of people in the middle of nowhere. And I thought that I would be going with him, you know, when they would take him away in the helicopter, but instead they left him with us because he needed to be collected by the county coroner of Inyo Kern, where we were camping, and they'd come from a different state. So that's when the interesting things started happening. Well, actually, before that, while I was giving him the breath and trying to, you know, revive him, I had an out-of-body experience at the same time. So, I was up here, kind of looking down on myself, on him, on our group of friends that are working on him. So I'm having this out-of-body experience while I'm still like an active participant on this event that's unfolding and uh, it was like a really altered state of being after the medics left uh, people started wandering out into the desert everyone was in shock it was very hot it was like 120 degrees in the shade and uh, somehow i had the wherewithal to bring everyone back together and we created a circle around his body We sat on the ground, we held hands, and I led us in a prayer and a meditation, and we just sent him all of our love for his ascent up wherever he was going. And then it took uh, about six hours for the coroner to show up, You know, we were in a very remote part of Death Valley. And by that time, the sun had set, the stars had come out. And I spent all those hours lying next to him in the same position that we had been in when we were asleep. So my right arm was underneath the back of his neck. My leg was draped over his body. Our fingers were interlaced. And I got to experience what human body does when it's empty when there's no more spirit or soul in it i could feel his presence somewhere but it clearly was no longer in this empty vessel that i was holding on to and i kept looking up into the clouds of the night sky and the stars and imagining that he was you know climbing mountains he was a mountaineer a rock climber and i kept thinking where are you you're up there someplace but uh i had no idea But it was very impactful, and I just really, truly deepened my understanding of the soul, the soul's journey, um, in the events that happened, that continually happened during my grieving and healing process. More information was downloaded all the time from spirit, it's the only way I can describe it, that truly informs all of the healing work that I facilitate now. Uh, with my clients, especially those ones that are facing a life-threatening illness. I know on the very deepest level, we are more than this physical body and that we have a soul and a spirit that lives on. And it makes me that much more in gratitude and grateful and in awe of my beautifully designed physical body. I want to take really good care of it and (laughs) honor it and not abuse it and be respectful with it and and um, feed it well, rest it well, uh, make sure it gets lots of love on all levels. <laughs> you know? And uh, that's what I teach.
2: I really appreciate your, your vulnerability and honesty there. And wow, what a yes, impactful story. And just listening, I was just just in awe of how you were able to control yourself. And I think you look back on that like, wow. And I know that he's with you. I know he's with you.
1: I know he is. He's guiding me from the other side and always has been. (laughs) One of many, right? So I've got a lot of guardian angels and guides that are, you know, assisting me.
2: What is it about your healing practice, about your retreats? What is it about you What is it that fuels your fire to get out there and want to be of service to other people and not just yourself? What is it?
1: Because I got in that same, you know, grieving and healing message that I have more work here. So one of the messages that I received during that, that sacred anger work when I asked, you know, why did you leave me (laughs) and immediately what was downloaded in a flood of tears was that i had left him first that in some other realm we had known each other we had been in our loving uh i don't have a i don't see what that looked like but i feel it i felt it in that moment and it was his time to go he should have died 10 years earlier in a rock climbing accident when he fell 70 feet, you know, in the in the Alps, that's where he was born. He didn't die. He lived through that. He was reunited with his twin brother who brought him over to the United States by the other divine scheme of things. We managed to meet each other. <laughs> All of this are synchronicities that that fit into I mean, I just, I just know on such a deep level with all of these things that have happened in my life that, um, and I've lived on the planet enough years to see how every step of the way I've always been divinely guided. Everything that I need for my next step always shows up. So, that's you know. beautiful. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful,
0: beautiful story. No, it, it's beautiful, really. You are a living word, walking, talking testimony what I call a real life angel. And the thing is, I've said it before, the fact that we are even here, the fact that we are even breathing is a miracle within itself. So if you can really appreciate this moment, you will then, Deanne, as you mentioned, start to notice the synchronicities and there are no chances. Everything truly happens for a reason, not always on our timeline or outline or schedule, but there is a divine purpose for all that happens. You know, a question that I ask oftentimes is, how much free will do we really have versus some type of predetermined fate or destiny that, we cannot escape. I, I love what you just mentioned. How you truly not only believe in your heart and soul, but you know, I know that you've been guided by angels your entire life. Yeah. And
1: well, okay, so let's back up. <laughs> so it wasn't my entire life. I went through an unconscious part of my life, right? So I woke up. The and, awareness.
0: Uh, the awareness uh, kicked in at a certain yeah. time. Yeah. Sure, sure. So
1: you mentioned angel, and I just want to share another another message which was so beautiful so during my grieving process and healing process I found uh, when I was clearing out Ben's office uh, from our house um, I ran across a lot of different things that were his that I hadn't seen before and one of the things that (laughs) I love this one of the things that I found was a little medallion on a necklace that he bought some souvenir, some, when he first came here from Germany, right? So this is a guy that grew up in the Bavarian Alps. So when he moved to the United States, he got this little medallion thing, this tiny little thing, it had a symbol on one side and it had an inscription on the other side. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, the message the, the inscription said angelic messenger. So he was my angelic messenger. <laughs> and I it was like, it was just perfect. And that's exactly what um, I've always, how I've always referred to him as.
0: That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful that yeah. the universe works in mysterious ways. And when we can truly trust the fact that the universe is working for us, not against us, we can again start to notice these synchronicities and appreciate the little things and really accept all as the blessing that each and every little occurrence truly is. So again, I I love everything that you've shared. I like to say my life also, uh, is truly a series of beyond coincidences, right? A series of beautiful synchronicities, and I have been guided by angels my entire life. Again, no ego, this is your show, but just grateful to be on the same wavelength, to be speaking the same language as you, and it's a beautiful thing. Those who have an ability have a responsibility. We are not here by chance, so I love that you really fulfill your life's purpose. You step into the best version of yourself by giving back, and you're exactly right. Our souls are everlasting. We are human beings. We are truly givers and receivers. We are way more powerful than we are led to believe. And all the intangibles, invisible energetics of life truly dictate and create our waking life reality. And you mentioned that our education system, by the way, needs to be completely revamped upside down and inside out. But our education system fails us in so many ways. Right. We learn all about the cognitive, right? The cognitive and you know intellectual different subjects and areas, but we are never instructed or taught how to tap into the spiritual side of things, how to really become more in tune, mind, body, soul, brain, heart, spirit, coherence, alignment. And that when you can truly not only think it, but believe it and tap into your heart and your purpose, you can truly transform your life for the better. So again, I love that you have accepted each and every stage of your life. We all go through through trials and tribulations, but you have truly, I say, risen from the ashes, you have not only conquered, but overcome and stepped into the best version of you. You are truly a warrior. Again, a real life angel. So we just admire you so much here. I know a lot of our listeners obviously tuning in to improve their own quality of life, to get some insights from professionals like yourself, different energy healers, spiritual leaders new thought leaders to change it up right so that being said i know so many of us we go through the motions we practice positive affirmations we read all the latest and greatest self-help books and tap into the spiritual realm but so many of us i feel hit a plateau or get stuck and struggle with the different stages and phases of manifestation, whether it be ego getting in the way, various blockages, past trauma, labels, joy-killing, irrelevant comparisons, self-doubt creeps in, let's talk a little bit about maybe some actionable best practices to help our listeners better implement and succeed in manifesting their dreams.
1: Yeah. So to simplify all of that, I'll try to do that. So I I think that the, what I'd like to leave the audience with is something that they can try to practice every day when a, when a challenge comes up in their life and rather than going into that place of self-doubt or fear or anger take those three you know deep breaths exhalations and ask yourself what is the most self-loving self-nurturing and self-honoring choice that i can make in this moment so free will we we have the The opportunity and the freedom to choose which direction, which choice we want to make in any given situation, right? We can choose a path of, um, you know, self-judgment, anger. Uh, We can choose a path of self-loving, self-nurturing, self-honoring. What, you know, how am I going to be with myself while I am going through this challenge in my life? Am I going to beat myself up? Am I going to take it out on other people that I love? Am I going to, you know, uh, turn to, you know, abusing alcohol or drugs? You know, how am I going to be with myself while I'm going through this particular challenge? What is the most self-loving, self-nurturing, self-honoring choice that I can make in this moment?
0: Love that. Love that response. Let me ask you again, the past is not real. We're we're never promised tomorrow. All we have is now. And it's amazing to see you create such a beautiful reality for yourself and positively impact so many lives. Let me ask you, while again, we're never promised tomorrow, what do you envision for the future or at least for the fourth quarter here in 2020? And (laughs) Let's plug you a little bit more, especially here at the end. What are some personal projects? I know, just like me, you run 100 miles an hour in 100 different directions, but tell us, what's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning, the last thing on your mind before you go to bed as it relates to future goals, visions, projects, and not only on a personal level, but on a macro level? collective state of the union what do you envision for our collective future moving forward
1: wow okay so the macro or the micro (laughs) start either
0: way i try to leave it a little bit (laughs) open-ended so you're hey you're super intelligent so i you know i just i try to meet you on your playing field
1: okay so i'll do the the micro first (laughs) so the micro you know I uh, take care of myself first before I take care of anybody else. you know so I start my day nurturing myself. I go for my hike, I go you know I do some yoga stretches, some uh, breathing, some prayers, meditation, all of that and then it sets the tone for me to be able to give to others effectively. and I have so many you know things and goals that I want to accomplish and, and you know things on my to-do list. And I have to remind myself too, that I have to stay in my own balance and not become a workaholic, which I could easily do. <laughs> so I make sure that I carve out, you know, my self-nurturing time and my loving relationship time. It's important, really important, to keep my own body healthy. And, uh, and if that means that my, you know, to-do list may take a little bit longer, okay, so be it. My quality of life is more important because I see the consequences of running, you know, running oneself ragged with um, output, output, output. I focus on giving to others with my clients. I book clients three days a week. That's it. Then the other two-day work, other, let me see, the other Workday would be like Thursday and Friday, my flex days. One of those days I kind of catch up on all my other computer stuff, projects. And uh, and one day I go horseback riding. (laughs) And then weekends are my loving relationship to make sure that I'm receiving.
0: (laughs) I love that. Truly living the dream and again, (laughs) fulfilling your passion and really life's purpose. It's a beautiful thing to see really unfold. Um, You know, let me ask you on a lighter note, what's your favorite song right now? Like, what do you put on repeat? Um, You know, I respect obviously your intelligence and your knowledge, your wisdom, your insights. While we here at Beyond Coincidence, we consciously guard our intake of content across all platforms to maintain our pure thought, creativity and innovation and really limit who we follow and who influences us, but I ask these questions again to bring it back down to earth on a lighter note. What's your favorite song right now? What do you find yourself putting on repeat? Uh, What book are you buried in right now? Or what other, let's say contemporary energy healer, spiritual leader, do you find yourself gravitating towards or wanting to learn more about?
1: So I follow, I mean, I follow all the the names that I really highly respect that I mentioned already. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, um, you know, Greg Braden, there's some others and and, um, people that are, you know, young people such as yourself that are like putting on these really great podcasts and introducing new people and new ideas. So I pay attention to all that. And music, gosh. I'm like, I just draw a blank on the music all the time. I like so much, but when I get in my car, that's the only time that I like listen to music because when I'm at home working, I like the silence. I like the sounds of nature, so I rarely will have music on. Um, When I'm in my car, I listen to old school stuff. (laughs) I listen to old R&B, you know, and Al Green or, uh, you know, (laughs) it's like... The old school stuff just, uh, you know, it has it. some soul. <laughs>
0: I love it. And you definitely have soul again, a real life angel. And the joy really radiates and comes through. Everything that you have shared with us, with our listeners today, has resonated with every fiber in my body more than you know. Truly, I was getting chills, goosebumps throughout this entire conversation. And I, again, try to bring out the best in our guest. So thank you for free-flowing from your heart and soul with me. And you challenged me to step into the best version of me. And thank you for bringing out the best in me and in Chris as well. So just beyond grateful to have you, Deanne. Where can our listeners find you? Again, we are the premier community platform for global healing for spiritual leaders energy healers such as yourself so naturally we are evolving into the go-to resource for our audience to figure out some best practices or different modalities so where can our listeners tune in to find you kind of plug your different websites different social media Just give us a quick rundown.
1: Yeah, thank you. So you can go to my website, which is Wish.com, and that's P is in Paul, O-R-C-H-I-A-S as in Sam, and then Wish, W-I-S-H.com. I've got a lot of information on there about mind-body medicine, holistic healing, lots of good stuff. Um, also, I have a YouTube channel that has some great videos on it with different other um, playlists, ones about relationships, and others about, you know, cancer and healing. Oh, gosh, what are some summer retreats and stuff? So there's a lot of stuff on, on my YouTube channel, which is just my full name, Diane Portia. And the, it's D-I-A-N-N-E and then Portia. Um, also Instagram under the same name, Deanne Portia. I, you know, put little snippets on there. Um, So those are the three main social media platforms that people can find me on. And my email address, please, you know, reach out to me. It's my first name, Deanne, D-I-A-N-N-E, at PorschesWish.com. I still work with, you know, many people remotely uh, through FaceTime, Face, let me see, FaceTime, WhatsApp, you know, I work with people from all over the world, so... All those mediums, including Zoom, of course. Let me see, am I missing anything? <laughs>
0: I love that. You mentioned Zoom. So you're still doing, conducting your holistic stress reduction support group Zoom calls every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Is that right?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So Beautiful. If, if I have a, a group, have a, a group uh a, yeah a support group on Wednesdays there's another one on Thursdays I think I forget which one focuses on what one of them I think is commitment to love which is the communication skills the other one is uh, like a wellness support group um, and then of course uh, you know the, the actual physical workshops and retreats I'll be you know there'll be many more of those available in 2021.
0: Absolutely. It'll be picking back up soon. So again, beyond blessed and extremely grateful to have you on the show today. Again, we cross paths, not by chance, certainly beyond coincidence. You are such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much for sharing your own personal insights, your wisdom, really respect and appreciate you pulling back the curtain as well, getting vulnerable with us and also sharing some best practices for me, for Chris, and our listeners out there as well. So thank you so much. Definitely look forward to continued collaboration, communication, and growing, learning, and healing together.
1: Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Chris, very much.
2: Yeah, Yeah, thank you so much. You made this process so easy.